Hello and welcome to another Spency on Soaps with me, Susan Spence. We're looking forward to the week of June the 14th in the world of Coronation Street, Emmerdale and EastEnders. Let's start off with Coronation Street and, well, who saw that coming? Certainly not me, Gail being... Um, vindicated at the first time of asking. Um, as I'd always said, I thought she would be set free at some point, but I didn't expect her to get a not guilty verdict uh, the way that it happened uh, last week. I'm delighted that it did happen that way. Um, so I'm pleased to say that I was, well, I was kind of wrong, wasn't I, really? Um, I, I was convinced that she would be found guilty and then... Tracy's lies would unravel and Gail would then be released. I didn't expect it to happen straight off. So really pleased about that. And I made the mistake of actually watching both verdicts before I saw the real one. And I won't do that again for the simple reason that it was just too easy to work out when it was played for live or for real as to work out what the verdict was. And I thought, hmm, kind of spoiled it. But I'm glad to see Gail back on the cobbles anyway. And Nick and Leanne, well, they're destined to fall back into each other's arms. Not just yet, but it's clear from this week's antics what the scriptwriters have in mind. Leanne goes behind Peter's back to secure Turner's for Nick's new factory venture. As we saw, comically, it's going to be called Nick's Nick's. Peter's furious when he finds out, especially since the first he hears about it is from George and he made it clear to Leanne he wanted no contact. She insists she only got involved to help Janice keep her job, but Peter's sure something's going on between the former married couple. Uh, Matters spill over into the Rovers, as they tend to do, where Nick taunts Peter in that kind of insolent way that he does. He's very arrogant and insolent, isn't he? One minute you like him and then he does that and you think, ugh, no, I don't like you at all. Um, And Kieran is forced to step in as Peter warns Nick to stay away from his fiancée. Now, Natasha's not happy about any of this either because she's not happy about her boyfriend going into business with his ex-wife either. They're not really going into business. She's just helping him out. But there is business-related stuff going on. And she marks her territory by lending money to Nick for his Nick adventure and then suggests they move in together. Hmm... That one is going to end in tears because he's hardly the moving in type. Plus, of course, we know the summer storylines that involves Natasha. Peter's still smarting. And when he tells Leanne that he's going to check if operating out of Turner's is even legal, she dishes out the ultimate insult. He's turning into Ken. Ooh, ouch. It does look as if there's a happy ending, though. Nick secures his first deal. The girls get their jobs back. And Peter admits to Leanne that he was acting out of jealousy. The calm before the storm, he thinks, on this one. Graham gets the girl. Oh, bless. After months of chasing after Rosie and Natasha, it's Tina he ends up with. After discovering that Graham was behind Jason's romantic date, she realises that Jason was just a shoulder to cry on and that ultimately she'd rather be with Graham. Needless to say, Jason isn't best pleased at being dumped. He thinks it's Nick who's replacing him. So just wait until he discovers that it's Graham. Then, of course, there's a small matter of David finding out. And what about the man himself? Because Graham is in for a shock when Tina moves in for a kiss. Um, It's worth pointing out at this moment that Coronation Street is on Sunday this week as well, Sunday the 20th, and not on Friday because of the World Cup. 
Now, John's double life starts to unravel, and I have to say I'm quite pleased about this, as I've always thought it was a bit of a mad and unbelievable storyline. He bumps into a former colleague called Charlotte at an exam-marking course. Now, you see, this wouldn't have happened had he not chanced his arm because he didn't need to sign up for the exam marking course, you know. He didn't need to bother. He could have just played it safe and not gone. Anyway, um, he has to come clean uh, to her so that she won't blow his cover. And she finds it quite amusing that he's stolen Colin Fishwick's identity. But when she later turns up on his doorstep with the news that Colin's returning home, it's anything but funny for John. Uh, it's clear, though, that not only is Charlotte not telling the truth, but she's also got a bit of a crush on John. Uh, Fizz discovers them having a drink in the Rovers, an argument breaks out and she realises that her husband has spilled his secret without telling her. Now Fizz thinks it's too risky for John to continue as Colin and asks him to give up his job as a teacher. As if um, Fizz, I think, is completely wasted on John. Um, Give her an affair, I say and let him have a taste of his own medicine for once. She has got a lot on her plate this week, Fizz. She discovers that Chez has been bunking off school to sell dog collars on the market. <laughs> uh, we've never seen the market before in Corrie, actually, but it's quite a good way of getting to know Owen, who's Izzy's dad, because it turns out that's who Chez has been working with, and it does open up possibilities of introducing other new characters as well, I think. So quite nice to see that happening. Also this week, Roy and Haley gather their friends to tell them their big wedding news. Uh, Michelle plays hard to get as Kieran plans a speed dating night and Cheryl apologises to Lloyd. Now she's up to date then with East, with um, Coronation Street. On to Emmerdale. EastEnders will follow. And Cupid, well, he's a busy boy in this week's soaps, really, because as Graham gets the girl in Corey, Aaron gets the boy in Emmerdale. He and Jackson spend the night together and it's all down to Wayne. Who'd have thought it, eh? At every turn, the community payback thug torments Aaron about being gay. And when Aaron asks Jackson for help in coping with the homophobic insults, Jackson basically tells him to get on with it. The next day at community payback, Aaron gets his revenge by embarrassing Wayne as he picks on a new boy. Unbeknown to Aaron, though, Wayne later follows him back to the garage and then challenges him to a fight. Now, knowing that he could be sent to prison if he takes him on, Aaron doesn't react to the taunts. But when Wayne picks up a spanner, it's clear that things are getting out of hand. All the while, Jackson has been watching and is impressed that Aaron seems to have changed his ways because normally he would have, you know, used his fists. So Jackson decides to jump in and he stops weighing. Oh, he's a bit of a hero really, isn't he? Uh, touched by Jackson's actions, Aaron offers to buy him a pint in the wool pack and that's when he opens up about his suicide attempt. Aware that all the eyes of the village are on them, Aaron invites Jackson back home where he nervously invites him to spend the night. Oh, it's a lovely storyline. I do like it. And although I'm, and it's not going to be in happily uh, ever after, we know that, but it is a huge milestone for Aaron. And it's great to see um, Polly and Quirk will be arriving soon because she will be playing Jackson's mum. So he will be around for a little while longer. Now, Nathan's fuming when he discovers that despite their deal, Declan has gone behind his back and is still seeing Natasha. He warns him that he'll get his revenge, but Declan just laughs in his face. I'm not quite sure which man's worse, actually. Uh, Nathan is later thrown when Natasha reveals she knows what he's been up to. And she puts him firmly in his place. However, the double betrayal has opened something up inside of the bad boy. 
I suppose that should be sort of woken up, really, shouldn't it? And he's soon plotting something much more sinister than Natasha could ever imagine. Diane returns from France with Charlie all loved up, leaving Doug feeling even more despondent. He's always said, hasn't he, that there's something not quite right about Charlie. And this week, we get our first glimpse of how that could be. Now, maybe it's just me seeing this, but Charlie shows Victoria and Diane his chateau, which isn't yet finished. Now, is it really his, is what my question is, or is he after Diane's money to help complete it? It's one of the two, isn't it? Or something like that, I think. Either way, he reveals to Diane that he has to go back to France permanently within the next few weeks. She's gutted, but will she have the courage to tell him she doesn't want him to go, or will she make the drastic decision to sell up and go with him? I think it'll be the latter, but I don't quite think she'll wind up there. Um, Carl causes Edna to trip at work and dislocate her arm, paving the way for Eve to offer her services, working services, I mean, although you'd be forgiven for getting the wrong idea the way that these two have been flirting. Uh, Needless to say, an already smitten Carl is quick to take her up on it. Chaz is not going to be happy. Also this week in Emmerdale, Paddy encourages Marlon to make a move on Rona before it's too late. David's guilty conscience makes it difficult for him to share Layla's enthusiasm about the plans for the shop. And Sam is surprised when Natasha tersely warns him to forget Declan's request to clear the woods. We, of course, know exactly why. Uh, EastEnders then. Now, there are only two episodes of EastEnders this week, but they're hour long so you're not missing anything Tuesday 7 to 8 and then later on Friday 7 to 8 so still four episodes but they're just in two hour lumps. Now Denise will be wishing she'd never confronted Lucas about having an affair when she discovers what he's really been up to he drives her to a grotty flat where he shows her something that leaves her shocked to the core. I can't tell you what it is but just wait it's worth the wait Quite sinister, actually. Uh, Denise then realises that Lucas is taking his religious beliefs to a sinister level and she begins to worry that he may not be the reformed character she thought he was. Uh, It's another dramatic week for the Mitchell clan as Glenda reveals that Archie isn't Danny's dad. Sorry, fed up with the storyline, really fed up with it. I think it's overcomplicated, but the good news is it's kind of coming to an end quite soon in this format anyway. Uh, Glenda's arrived to muck up Danny's plan to fleece Roxy and to say he's not best pleased about it is somewhat of an understatement. He has to tread quite carefully though because Glenda's one step ahead and threatens to spill the beans unless he persuades Roxy and Ronnie to let her stay the night. However, we get to see a different side to Danny when he physically ejects Glenda from the pub. He pretty much throws her out, leaving her with no choice but to reveal that Danny is not Archie's son. The girls are gobsmacked and can't believe that he's the product of an affair with a salesman. Now, there's also the small matter of Danny's plan to fleece Roxy, and she's left feeling betrayed when he's caught red-handed stealing cash from her mattress. I thought it was just old ladies who did that kind of thing. He breaks down, blaming Glenda for putting him up to it and for treating him badly all his life. Now, for a moment, it looks as if he's going to get away with it. But then the bruises on Glenda's arms are revealed to be Danny's handiwork. He refuses to go anywhere without his third of the money Archie left, which is when Glenda drops the bombshell. Now, Roxy demands to know why Danny's middle name is Archie, but Glenda denies that it is. He insists she's lying, but when Glenda pushes him to get his driver's licence, he claims he doesn't know where it is. So, who will Ronnie and Roxy believe? Quite frankly, as long as this storyline ends, I really couldn't care. That's my word on it. Uh, Ryan kisses Stacy, not liking the storyline either, but not for the same reason, though. 
Um, I can see why it's being created, but it just seems a bit far-fetched, even if it does involve Janine and her antics. So Stacey's in the last few weeks of pregnancy and she's down about how she's going to cope without Bradley. Plus, she's just fed up being pregnant. Uh, despite everyone rallying round, including Max, who does his best to reassure her she's not alone, Stacey's scared about being a single mum, which is totally understandable. So when she receives a text from her uncle Charlie inviting her to the argy-bargy, she per- perks up and goes along. Is it that whole thing about pregnant ladies eating curry and that will, you know, spruce things along? Spruce, I don't think is the right word, Susan, but you know what I mean. Rush things along. Um, Of course, it's got nothing to do with Charlie. He left his mobile in the bookies and Ryan saw his chance. And Stacey's confused when she sees Ryan waiting for her. It's all a bit mad as Mo and Jean gate crash. And when Stacey goes to leave, Ryan spots his chance and lunges at the poor unsuspecting girl. She leaves him in no doubt as to what she thinks of his actions, trying to smooch her, leaving him feeling bad at taking advantage. Now, Later on, Stacey's touched when he tries to make amends by giving Charlie um, his money back but, uh, that Janine tried to swindle from him. Uh, basically, he left his ticket in the in the um, bookies. His horse came in and, of course, Janine decided she would take the money. Just terrible, isn't it? But typical of her. Um, and then Ryan goes home to tell Janine, here's your money, the bet's off. So could he be developing feelings for Stacey or is it just simply a guilty conscience? Also this week in EastEnders, Abby and Jordan share a kiss. Bless, they go for a little picnic. Uh, Peggy vows to get her pub back and Liz is determined to snare Patrick. When we say that uh, Peggy gets her pub back, you might remember a little while ago we spoke about this where, um, you know, the licensee plaque above the door got taken down and Peggy said to Charlie, can you get rid of this for me? And he was kind of like, well, no, I'll keep it for you. You'll need it again. And we said, I bet you that'll come out at some stage. Well, now is the time that it appears to come out, but it's not yet above the door. Uh, So there you go. That's you up to date with EastEnders, Emmerdale and Coronation Street for the week of June the 14th. And we'll catch you back here next week for more Spencey on Soaps. I'm Susan Spence. Thanks for listening. See ya.